Coming up on The Potter's Touch. When bitterness gets down inside of you, you walk away from something and say it's worthless. You sell it for nothing, never realizing that what you gave away was valuable. It just was going to take time to bless you. He said, this is worthless because it's not helping me right now. If the birthright was any good, why am I hungry today? Here, you can have it. And now he got a bowl of soup for a birthright because he couldn't manage the moment and the temporary frustration of waiting for something to come to fruition. This is the Potter's Touch. Hey everybody, I'm excited to have the opportunity to be blessed of the Lord to be in your home today. I believe that God's given me a word that's really going to speak to your life in a strong and powerful way. The message is called The Danger, check this out, The Danger of Giving Up Too Soon. I believe this is a rhema word for somebody. So many people get frustrated because it didn't happen when you thought it was going to happen. But just because it didn't happen when you wanted it to happen doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Check this message out. Maybe God wanted you to hear this for such a time as this. When Lazarus' two sisters lost him, they were devastated. They were grieving. They sent for Jesus. Jesus didn't come when they thought he should come. Sometimes God doesn't do what you think he should do. They became frustrated. By the time Jesus got there, Lazarus was dead. Mary says to him, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Bitter. Not thank you for coming. Bitter people blame you for their problem. Jesus didn't make Lazarus sick. It was not Jesus' fault that Lazarus was sick. But but when life doesn't turn out the way you think it ought to turn out, you look for somebody to blame. It's your fault that I'm in this condition. If you would have been here, my brother would not have died. She did not have the faith to understand that just because life has put you on pause doesn't mean that it has stopped you altogether. Periodically throughout your life, you hit turbulent places. And if you're not careful, bitterness will creep, creep into your life because you will take this as an indication that your life is over. Look at what Naomi said. Naomi says, I went out full. She's talking about going to Moab. She, Moab. she had her husband. She had her sons. While she was there, she lost her husband. She's no wimp now. She lost her husband. Her husband died. Her sons died. And she said, she, Naomi, which means my joy, came to a point that she said, don't call me that anymore. Every time they called her name, here comes my joy. Here comes my joy. Come here, my joy. Come here, my joy. Sit down and relax. Come here, my joy. Have some coffee. Come here, my joy. One day she said, don't call me that no more. I said, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Call me Mara. Mara means bitterness. She says, because I went out full and I came back empty. Don't let life make you change your name. Did you hear what I said? Don't let life make you change your name. She said, I had a series of losses, and now it has changed me. This is bitterness. It is when the things on the outside have contaminated the person on the inside. When the things on the outside have contaminated the person on the inside. I'm going to tell you something. I'll be honest with you. It takes some work to keep the things on the outside from getting on the inside. I wish I could tell you it comes easy, but it does not come easy. It will get to you 
No matter how strong you are, if you're not careful, a series of losses will affect how you feel about yourself, how you see life, and how you approach the future. If every person in this room who was bitter, would, 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 if there was some sort of way you could see it, you'd be shocked at the people who are contaminated. Contaminated with great potential, but they're contaminated because they have allowed their past to bleed into their present and pollute their future. Have you allowed your past to bleed into your present and pollute your future? If you have, if you think that you have, and it's difficult to see it in yourself because you can see it in other people much easier than you can see it in yourself. You, you use other words. You don't call it bitterness. You call it careful. I'm not bitter. I'm careful. I'm not angry. I'm ready. I'm just prepared. I'm a realist. I know how y'all are. No, you don't. You're bitter. And until you call it what it is, until you call it what it is, you'll never be free. And you can be justifiably bitter. I'm not saying that you're a wimp because you're bitter. Life can hand you some punches so deep that you, if you don't know how to deal with bitterness, it will invade you. And when bitterness gets in you, you give up. You give up. That All optimism goes out of the window. You become a cynical. David said one time, he said, I said in my heart that all men are liars. He said, I, in other words, I dealt with so many snakes that I decided rather than to risk hoping again, rather than to risk getting hurt again, I'm just going to put everybody in a broad category. He said, all men are liars. So if you have that attitude, that means when you walk up to meet somebody, wonder what kind of lie you're going to tell. <laughs> a root of bitterness. I'm telling you, marriage don't work. Do you take this man? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do, but I don't. You'd be surprised at the people who did, but didn't. Because they couldn't get the root of bitterness out. When you have a root of bitterness down on the inside of you, it contaminates your judgment. Hebrews 12, 14, 17, follow peace with all men and holiness without, without which no man shall see the Lord. Now, this is not, this is one of the first scriptures I learned as a teenager because I grew up in the holiness church and they used this all the time. All the people, all men, and the holiness. Anything had holiness and they quoted it all the time without which no man should see the Lord. Go back to the other verse. The peaceful spirit is the critical thing that drives away bitterness. And holiness without which no man, you won't be able to see what God is doing in your life when you are always contentious with people. Falling out with people affects how you see God. So he says, if for no other reason but to keep your vision of God clear, try to get along with people so that you can survive. Follow peace with all men, the holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Move. Go to the next one. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Watching out for areas, looking, looking for ways, being alert, being vibrant, being on task with what's going on inside of you. You'd be surprised at the people that never analyze what's going on with them. 
You'd be surprised at the grown people in this room who cannot explain themselves. 50 years old and you still can't explain what's going on with you. You never check you out. And you want somebody else to do the hard work of knowing you rather than you knowing yourself. Dating you does no good because you can't explain how you are yourself. Get me out of that before I get in trouble. Verse 16. Lest any root of bitterness springing up and trouble you and thereby many be defiled. He said, you got to check yourself constantly lest something that is a normal period of life become a root of bitterness and is planted. A root is something that's planted down inside of you. It's not going to go away. It's the root. You can get rid of the leaves. There you are being nice. Good morning. Welcome to J.C. Penney's. Yes, may I help you today? Right this way. Mezzanine, second section, turn to the left. Be careful, watch your step. All the leaves have changed, but the root is still there. A root of bitter springing up. Look at, first it's there, root of bitterness. Then it's going to spring up. It's going to spring up and get in your emotions and trouble you, and ultimately it's going to defile you. Give me my next verse. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau. Now, now it starts talking about from the root of bitterness, here comes sex, how you, how you manage sexuality. Profane person, here comes how you talk. All of this stuff is connected to the root. And you keep praying about the leaves. Lord, watch my tongue. Watch my tongue. Your tongue ain't going to be any better than your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. All your tongue is doing is telling what's going on in your heart. All your character is doing is telling what's happening in your heart and in your life. Oh, y'all don't want to hear this this morning. Let's go deeper. Come on, 17. Who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. Now, this is the thing. It says because of his bitterness, because of his bitterness for one morsel of meat, he sold his birthright. He made a bad decision because he made it from a bitter spirit. When you are bitter, you cannot trust your own judgment. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? You can't. What he did was he gave up on his birthright too soon. He gave up because he got bitter. And when bitterness gets down inside of you, you walk away from something and say it's worthless. You sell it for nothing, never realizing that what you gave away was valuable. It just was going to take time to bless you. He said, this is worthless because it's not helping me right now. If the birthright was any good, why am I hungry today? Here, you can have it. And now he got a bowl of soup for a birthright. Because he couldn't manage the moment and the temporary frustration of waiting for something to come to fruition. Oh, God, do you hear what I'm saying? That's so good, I'm going to get my own tape. Let me tell you something. If he would have just endured the temporary discomfort that goes along with the process of getting a permanent blessing, he could have bought all the soup he wanted. He could have had all the beans and the lentils and everything else. But because he gave up too soon, he lost everything for something that wasn't worth anything. Talking about the danger of giving up too soon. 
making bad decisions, trading, bartering off, giving up people, giving up relationships, giving up careers, giving up your life. You can't make good decisions when they come from a bitter heart. Still to come on the Potter's Test. Sometimes you know too much to believe God like you need to believe him. You've got all kind of facts and all kind of experience and all kind of ideas and ways of processing and intellectualizing and looking at the charts and looking at the graph and looking at the trends and looking at the stats and looking, shut up! And just stand flat-footed and say, though he slay me. I want to thank our partners for helping us make a difference in the lives of hurting people. Your partnership has provided food, clothing, clean water, medicine distribution, and so much more at home and abroad. In fact, through MegaCare, we are establishing medical camps and health clinics to increase the rate of survival while giving hope and healing to a hurting community. If you are not a partner, I encourage you to become one today. Bella devil, I went through too much to let you steal my joy and steal my peace and steal my power. We got to stop waiting for somebody else to do it for us. And we got to realize that Jesus has already set us free. For faith without works is dead. Be it alone. Look at your sister and say, work that thing. I need some women who are ready to get their fight back to slip up your hands and let the Holy Ghost pray for you right now. You're raising your hands over depression. You're raising your hands over fear. Your hands are raised. Your heart is raised. Now lift your voice and take the roof off of this place. Somebody tell them it's dangerous to give up too soon. Jesus says to Martha, show me where you laid him down. Show me where you stopped believing him. Let me, I gotta give you this. I gotta give you this. You have to understand, when you listen at the rhetoric, you understand where her bitterness came from. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. She said, yeah, I know you're gonna raise him up in the last day. She had faith for the future. She had faith in the past, or she wouldn't have called him, but she didn't have faith for the present of where she was right now. And the, the lack of faith affects your attitude. When you stop believing that God is going to operate in the nowness of your life, you become bitter and you'll start fighting your help. Here Jesus has come to help her. I know if you'd have been here. You're probably not going to want no picture of this face I'm getting ready to make. I know. <laughs> Have you ever tried to help a bitter person? Oh, you're going to help me with the groceries, huh? Because you're trying to get me used to having some help. I'm going to carry my own groceries because I know you're going to be gone in a minute. Don't be trying to soften me up. Ain't nobody trying to soften you up, you crazy woman. I'm trying to carry this bag in the house. Out of your mind.
You run off your help when you're bitter because you gave up too soon. And Jesus says something to her that I think takes a lot of courage to do for her to obey. He says, show me where you laid him down. Take me to the spot in your life where you stop believing. Take the power of God to the place in your life where you became bitter. Good God. You can dance and shout and slide and shimmy and never direct the power to the place in your life where you became bitter. What you want is the anointing of God and bring that anointing into that troubled place in your life where you find it hard to believe that things will ever work out. And I swear to you, I swear to you, I know we like to have church and we like to jump and we like to shout and we like to dance, but I'm telling you what would be the most profitable, even above dancing and shouting and rejoicing and having a wonderful service, is for you to take the anointing to that place in your life where bitterness is lodged in your heart and the enemy uses it when nobody's looking to spoil you and contaminate you. You need to take this anointing and go right into that spot and say, I'm not coming out until you bless my soul. I'm not coming out. I am not coming out until you bless my soul. I will not spend the second half of my life a bitter, cynical, nasty, evil thinking, corrupt person. I don't like how I am becoming. No wonder nobody enjoys being around me. I don't enjoy being around me. Holy Spirit, help me to become the person that you meant for me to be. I want my birthright back. I want to be positioned in the place you want me to be. And I want to get rid of this new name, Mara, that I put on myself because I'm going to go back to being the Naomi that I was created to be. Am I on the right track this morning? Tell somebody, say, I got to get it out of me. I'm almost finished. Jesus comes down and he says, he comes down by the Sea of Galilee. I believe it was Galilee and the, and the disciples were down there. They didn't know they were disciples yet, but they were going to be disciples. We're scrubbing and washing. So, and Jesus said, what are you doing? They said, we're washing our nets. He said, why are you washing your nets? Well, because uh, we're through fishing. He said, let me use your boat. He said, cast out a little bit from land. He stood on the boat and started preaching. He started ministering, teaching the gospel. Finished with the boat, climbed off the boat. He said, going out there and fish again. He said, no, we, we've toiled all night. We haven't caught anything. It's daybreak. It's time to go on home. This didn't work. He said, launch out into the deep. It's almost like they're having a communication. But didn't he hear that we've been toiling all night and this does not work? And he says, launch out into the deep. Look, you don't know nothing about fishing. You're a carpenter's son. If I was building a door, I would take your advice. I am a fisherman. 
my father is a physician. Sometimes you know too much. Sometimes you know too much to believe God like you need to believe him. You've got all kind of facts and all kind of experience and all kind of ideas and ways of processing and intellectualizing and looking at the charts and looking at the graph and looking at the trends and looking at the stats and looking, shut up! And just stand flat-footed and say, though he slay me, yet shall I trust him. Because what God wants to give you may defy all human logic. I gotta quit, but I wanna tell you that when God gets ready to bless you, it is not a natural blessing. It does not make sense. Oh God. Sis, it does not make sense. Everything that God ever did in my life did not make sense. That's why you get so much jealousy because people look at you and say, how in the world could somebody like that have something like this? It does not make sense. It is by faith that you possess the blessings of God because God wants you to know that you couldn't get there by yourself. You can't raise Lazarus from the dead, but I can raise him up. When God blesses you, if you get rid of the bitterness and the contaminants that continually threaten the purity of an absolute soul, an absolute soul is a stable, consistent, vibrant disposition that is predisposed to trust in God. An enemy is trying to push you off of your stand and make you lose your balance. But if you can maintain absolution in the midst of chaos and confusion and say, in spite of everything going on around me, I still believe my body is right with pain, but I still believe I've got trouble on the job, but I still believe. When you get that kind of faith, you can get that kind of blessing. And the only thing I need to tell you is that when it happens, it will not make sense. I want to talk to you about crazy blessings, ridiculous blessings, stupid blessings, blessings that boggle the mind. If there's anybody in here who's ever been divinely blessed by God, if you look back over your life, you can testify that what happened in your life does not make You look back, you can't add it up, you can't figure it up, it doesn't make any sense. How in the world did I go through all of that and still come out all right? How in the world did I trust in somebody that was trying to kill me and I still came out all right? How in the world did I walk through enemies and witches and never even got touched by the vipers and snakes that tried to bite me? How in the world did I endure hardness with no money and no friends and no help and yet somehow or other God brought me through? How in the world did I raise these kids by myself? How in the world did I work two jobs and still go to church? How in the world? Because these people say it don't make sense, it don't make sense, it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. When God gets ready to bless you, I 
don't care whether it looks like your season. I don't care whether you're 17 or 77. When God gets ready to bless you, he says it's never too late for you to get what you need. And I'm telling you today that it is dangerous to give up too soon because God promised to bless you. And if you hold on to the Lord, he may not come. When you want him to come, But he's right on time. And what I want you to do as an act of faith, as an act of commitment to God, get somebody and shake them and say, I'm going to hold on to my faith. The storms are raging. The lightning is flashing. The thunder is rolling. But I'm going to hold on to my faith. I've lost some stuff. I've been tried in the fire. I've been through the storm. But I'm going to hold on to my faith. Weeping may endure for now. But God, You told us the downside, but you didn't tell us the upside. What happened to Lazarus? I thought you knew. Jesus rolled the stone away and said, Lazarus, come forth. And if Lazarus was here today, he'd leap out the grave and tell you, he may not come when you want him, but the roof. She started out working in the field. She ended up owning the field. And if Ruth was here today, she'd say, weeping may endure night, but God coming in the morning. Oh, oh, I don't need Lazarus. I don't need Ruth. I know it for myself. If you trust the Lord, God I'm out of time. I've got to stop there. It's been a real joy to share the word of the Lord with you. Have you found purpose in your pain? There is a blessing for you as soon as you come out, 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 out of your pity party. Stop it. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Seize the day. Walk in it. Live in it. And keep it moving. God bless you. More than you asked for. Bigger than you dreamed. And beyond comprehension. God's favor ain't fair. Stop apologizing. Stop feeling bad. Stop trying to explain it. Because favor ain't fair. For your gift of any size, you will receive the Favor Ain't Fair 3 methods set on DVD. You want to be accepted by your peers when it wasn't your peers that blessed you in the first place. It was the Lord that blessed you. Don't forget who blessed you? And when your gift is $100 or more, you will receive the Favorite Fair DVD set, your very own season of favor journal that includes daily uplifting scriptures, as well as T.D. Jake's Classics Volume 7, four blockbuster messages on CD and DVD. If you don't start believing it, you won't start receiving it. After you've been through hell and high water, God has got something better for you. God is taking you to a new level of favor today. Well, I'm out of time. I got about 30.
30 seconds for you to do the preaching. Get everybody you can reach and take them by the hand. Preach to them a little bit and say, whatever you do, don't give up. Don't give up. Tell her, don't give up on your dream. Don't give up on what it promised you. Don't 